Welcome to the first episode of Kind On Mind, the podcast with me, Stephen, and today I'm joined with my good friend, Ria. She's a 29-year-old woman whose life experiences have seen her live in Italy for four years, work in fashion, cosmetics, and marketing before setting up her own business back here in the UK. And she's here today to discuss her experiences behind the scenes with well-being and self-care. So I feel like we just need to start off by talking about what I've just made you do. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Stephen handed me um, something wrapped in tinfoil <laughs> and I was asked to guess what it was. Um, and then we quickly gave up on the idea because my guessing skills are abysmal. And it was a Wii controller. So we've just played Just Dance, is it? We've I'm just sure played Just Dance on the Nintendo Wii, which I haven't played for 10 years up until last week. But you did sense that I had had a bit of practice in the last week, hadn't you? I know, I could tell that because you were very, like, bang on the beats. But I still won. Yeah, because... by what? Like 104 points. <laughs> but I think it's interesting playing things like that, which are predominantly for kids, because it does give you a boost. It gets those endorphins going. Oh, it does yeah. make you a bit happier. It's a bit of an icebreaker. Well, We've enjoyed ourselves. first thing I said to you was, oh, I remember playing wee bowling with my nana. You know, it just brings back those kind of, that nostalgia, which I think is great. We've known each other for five years. We met in a bar job. We've been friends ever since. It was 2016. I don't know about you, but I feel like our friendship has grown like up a level in the last 12 months, purely based on the topic of well-being. Oh, massively. Like, hugely. And also, I think lockdown as well has kind of helped us because we are so like-minded. And I think for us, lockdown was a huge bonding exercise because we just thought kind of the same and we both had really similar struggles really different struggles but yeah you know me quite well recently as you know I've had a wake-up call and we had a conversation in your car you were the first friend that I'd kind of confided in after three weeks of of staying at my mum's and not doing too great I'm an articulate guy I'm conversational You'd think that I'm quite good at talking about my feelings, but I had said to you that I still find it so hard speaking about well-being because I'm a man. And it's crazy because I know it shouldn't be. Yeah, I think um, I'm fortunate, you know, I've got two two brothers, so I kind of get that. And I don't think it's I don't think it's fair. I've also got a partner who suffers with it as well. Well, like all men do, you know, there's that struggle there. Um, but it's so weird that certain things are targeted like uh, it's not the same but me and my friend used to always have this argument saying why are nose hairs trimmers aimed at men because women have no hairs too <laughs> and I feel like that's the perfect metaphor for mental health <laughs> why is it aimed towards women why isn't it one of those gender neutral topics yeah my thoughts of late, which I know are wrong, they, they reinforce that incorrect narrative that men shouldn't respond to experiences in the same way that women should. And that in itself is so damaging, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a non-binary person. So here we are. And I feel like you're the best placed person to be my first guest. Just because of our, our journey and conversations over the last year. So in the trailer that I've created, it says, you know, open up the conversation with those around me and beyond. And by the and beyond part, I obviously mean people on the internet. And I've created this, you know, Instagram account, which I'm calling anonymous, but it's not. But it's anonymous in the sense that my face isn't shown on it. And I guess that's just because, you know, people can make prejudgments based on how somebody looks. Um, and given that I've said about, you know, I'm 
I'm articulate, I'm conversational, and I'm still struggling, people could look at me and think, oh, he's not struggling. I'm very proud of you. I think this is a very brave step. And like you said, you know, you're really putting yourself out there and exposing yourself. Thank you for that. I think it's it's something that I'm apprehensive about. But I think if anything, it's just something to use as a creative outlet and to talk a bit more because it's so needed. So how do you feel about taking part? Um, I feel very nervous. I'm very conscious that I don't want to rustle. So, and I've got a lot of poppers on today, so I'm trying to not. <laughs> um, I'm going to say no. Do a little strip tease. <laughs> oh, is it? It's all it's connected. Yeah. Wow. I've taken my jacket off. It's on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have come in my pajamas. I told you she worked in fashion. <laughs> um, I'm very nervous. I don't. The thing is, I think the key part of this and my apprehension is I don't want to come across preachy. You know, what I talk about worked for me. It's not going to work for everybody. But then you pick and choose, don't you? Like I, um, I've had my own struggles and I've overcome them through doing research, through speaking to you, through speaking to my family, through speaking to a counsellor. And you don't just follow somebody 100% off a cliff. You know, you kind of just take bits and bobs and see what works for you. So... Please don't make me sound preachy. <laughs> well, I'm not going to make you sound preachy at all. I think we just, like I said before, treat this like a conversation down the pub or as if we're sitting on my sofa eating a chippy, yeah. except our mouths will be less full and we'll still be starving <laughs> by the end of it. Um, I'd like to start off by talking about the difference between mental health and mental illness because I do think it is important to differentiate. So I've, I've researched online and I've got this off of wearewellbeing.co.uk. Everybody has mental health, and just like physical health, sometimes we can all feel a bit under the weather, but not everyone will experience mental illness. Mental health refers to our emotional and our psychological well-being. This can impact the way we think, the way we feel, the way we behave. Mental illness encompasses a wide range of disorders. Each mental illness has symptoms that can impact a person's life differently because we are all different. Mental illnesses are recognisable conditions that can be professionally diagnosed and treated, but the main difference is that mental health fluctuates and can be exacerbated by life experience, but can potentially lead to mental illness, if not treated properly. Lack of medical diagnosis should never undermine the devastating impact of low mental health, and as you were saying, Ria, all people should be guided to go at their own pace and find the right coping mechanisms that work for them. So with that in mind, what is your journey with well-being? I think I realised that I had some kind of mental strain uh, when last year I had 18 migraines in the space of a month. 18. Yes. So it was just crazy. What do you define as a migraine? Um, so basically, I don't have the definition or anything in front of them, but what, what, how they affect me, and they do affect everybody differently, is I will all of a sudden feel a tingly feeling in my left hand, and then my arm will go numb. Um, I'll normally look at somebody opposite me, look at their face, and their features will start to move, or chunks of their face will go missing, like the eye or lips or something, and then my speech will go quite slurred, and then... Um, basically my body just shuts down so my smell goes insane I could be like a bloodhound it's scary it sounds it's, it's, it's like scary. it's physical symptoms of something internal yes 
Yeah, um, they've changed a lot. I st- I had my first migraine when I was thirteen, and I just got the fizzy lines, and I was sick everywhere. <laughs> and was that a one-off, or was that regular? Or uh, that was just a one-off, um, and then I realised in like as I kind of grew up, like I get them around like GCSEs, around A levels, stressful situations, heartbreak, and things. I'd normally have a migraine, and a couple of Bell's palsies as well, which were really bad. Um, I think you were fortunate enough to not see me with one of those. <laughs> Basically, half of my face stops working and starts to droop, so it's not great. I've had three in my life, which is very unusual. Um, but basically, I've always been quite a highly strung person, and there's an element of stress that I, I enjoy, and it does motivate me, and it keeps me going. But yes, in December of last year, it just took me to the point where I couldn't function um I couldn't you know I didn't know if I was going to wake up one day have a meeting booked in with like a really important potential client and not be able to go because I'm whacked out in bed um but also it takes me a couple of days to recover so I can feel like aches in my bones like even all the tiny bones in my feet and stuff um if I'll go to reach for something and I'll miss it um and yeah my speech takes a couple of days to kind of reset again um so yeah that's how a migraine affects me As I was just saying, like, they're very physical symptoms of something internal. I'm assuming that in previous years when, because you've mentioned it, you know, it happened at 13 and then it's happened recent. Like, has there been any sort of medical intervention, trips to the GP and so on? It sounds like a stupid question, but I think sometimes we can just shake off migraines as headaches, pop a paracetamol and get on with it. And that's not helpful. I've had uh, a couple of MRIs, but as I said, they've they've changed. So now I think they're classed as more, they're called neurological, so they affect my like nerves and all of that. I'm not sure if that's the correct term, I can't remember to be honest. Yeah. Uh, in January I had an MRI and it was all clear and I knew it would be. Um, I just basically thought it was time to get referred to a neurologist. Um, they prescribed me the, there's like this inhaler that goes up your nose that when you've had a migraine you can take it um there was a medication that he wanted to put me on but you have to take it every day and I thought no I can't take I'm not prepared to do that um and he said to me he was like well you need to find what causes these migraines and you need to fix it um so that's kind of what I did you've just said that you got referred to an MRI and you knew that it would be fine I knew it was stress because I knew what I was going through kind of at the time. But it is important to rule out anything physical, isn't it? Yes. I knew it was stress because I knew I could feel the anger or the stress building inside of me and then I felt the numbness in my hand. And it was like my brain's way of telling me, we can't cope with this anymore. You need to change. You were kind of in lockdown, out of lockdown, in lockdown, out of lockdown. Um, I'd recently invested in an events venue just before lockdown and the challenges and the stresses with that were that the legislation was so wishy-washy from the government, there was absolutely no help and not only that, you had the pressure from local authorities to be perfect. Um, Getting those bills paid and things, you know, that was part of the issue with being open and closed and not really knowing where you stood. Um, Then on the personal level of being locked in, you know, you've got no outlet um I recently decided that I foolishly and it was a mistake I can you know hindsight's twenty twenty. I hired four sales directors because I thought if I go for sales directors they will have 
that experience to get to the decision maker because in my main line of work it's quite difficult to get through gatekeepers and things and and I just found out that the majority of them were taking the piss. I had one guy that in a week sent seven emails which were all generic so he just copied and pasted jargon which we all know there's nothing worse than reading that generic like PPI selling boring email where they've misspelt your name and everything else and then two others to his local Chinese complaining that it given him the shits. So I thought, great. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) One of them as well decided to build his daughter's bed at 3pm in the afternoon on Tuesday. Well, I know that's key sales time. But I probably made the mistake in the fact of I'm actually a nice person and I'm very flexible. So providing you get the sales and the results in, if you want to build your daughter's bed at 3pm on a Friday, I don't care if you're on target. If you're underperforming and haven't bought in a single sale in the last six weeks, don't be building your short bed. That's not the priority, unfortunately, in work time. If he did it in his lunch break or if he did it in a... Like, 3pm is key sales time on a Tuesday. It just is. What's your response to people like that in terms of how you internalise it? I, I think my personality type is I will bend over backwards and do everything I can for you until you push me that far and then you're dead to me. Like, you are cut out, you don't exist, you're not in my world. So I'm very kind of like that. I guess this leads on to boundaries as well. I soon learned with them that it was very much like we'd have, like in the corporate sense, we'd have a sales meeting. Right, what do you need from me? Okay, we don't. you don't need any more. Right, and it was all in writing. So then the next week when it was like, why haven't you done X, Y, Z? It was easier to pull it up. Um, I think in my personal life, It's a case of, I've actually had to teach myself that you don't have to fight everyone's battles as well. Like, we're all grown adults. And sometimes it's trying to phrase that in the most politest way to somebody. um, To kind of just say, look, I'm here for you in a supportive role. But no, unfortunately, like, that to me, I would feel uncomfortable doing that. Um, I think that's the best phrase that's worked for me so far. My living arrangements were difficult. I was due to move out before COVID. I didn't. I decided to stay with my family. And I think everybody can say you love your family. But my God, lockdown was hard work. I wouldn't mind. They'd say it about me too. <laughs> so Yeah. Do you know what? Like relationships have ended. Marriages have ended. People have fallen out with family members and so on. You know, some people have had lockdown really well, which is great. Um, I personally live on my own, as you know. But people were not designed to spend so much time together, like, (laughs) in the history of mankind. Like, cavemen didn't spend all this time with cave women. Like, it's not healthy. It is not healthy. And home and work were merged together quite a lot. And home and school were merged together for children. And socialising and home were merged together in Zoom quizzes with families and people FaceTiming each other. And it has been really hard in that sense. Don't get me wrong as well. I'm very fortunate. You know, my parents have an exceptional house. It's amazing. Um, That then flooded as well (laughs) in December, um, which added to the stress. Because obviously it's, yeah, family home and then you've lost kind of that space that you'd you'd kind of habitated it as well, if that makes sense. So we then didn't have that space downstairs. 
I'm very much like, you know, I like my me time. That's what I call it. I'm, I say I'm a typical Taurus in that sense. Not that, you know, we always laugh about this. And I do like my me time. And sometimes I do want to just be shut away in my, or I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Don't all people like me time? I and think... do do people feel guilty about saying they like me time? Like, you've just blamed it on your star sign. I, well... <laughs> I like me time, and you're going to go, yeah, but you're a Taurus as well. Yeah, but I dated a guy once that, oh my god, I said, I think I'd spent, like, um, this was a couple of years ago, actually, and I'd spent, like, I think 17 days with him straight, and I was just like, I just want some me time. And I just got That's like normal. the puss in boots eyes with like, why don't you even spend time with me? And I was like, oh, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I just, I'd had it and I didn't mean it in a way of like, I'm not into you. It was just a way of like, I like you, which now obviously I know I don't because we're not together. But I don't need to be guilt tripped into yeah into wanting to just do something that i want to do in just a wee break it's a lot of the reason why i avoid relationships but that's another topic altogether (laughs) no but it is like guilt tripping guilt tripping is a big problem for me setting firm boundaries is so important for all people and it should and i hate the word should but it should be okay to do that well it is okay but it should feel okay inside yeah going back to what we were saying about you being at home people spending so much time together You know, 17 days to spend with a partner is a long, long time. I would be getting to day four and I need to see someone else. (laughs) Anyone listening would be laughing like, no, you're you're at day two. Maybe I'm at like eight hours. (laughs) I remember years ago going on a, a holiday with a load of friends and me saying to my girlfriend at the time, you know, I might have to just go for a walk now and then just for a bit of me time. And she just couldn't get her head around it. Yeah. And I actually went on the 10-day holiday, had a great time, and didn't do any of the me time thing. But it's important that we have our own time. Oh, 100%. And I think as well, that was part of what helped me in my recovery. Um, well, not recovery. Uh, I think that's totally the wrong word. So I'm sorry I butchered that. Is it? Well, I don't know, because I'm not having 18 migraines anymore. So... Yeah, so you've recovered. Yeah, maybe. So our friendship is kind of like periodic to some extent, like sometimes we can go three or four weeks and we haven't spoken, like any healthy friendship where you can pick up the phone and it's like no time's passed, but I don't recall knowing about these 18 migraines, Mm. and I didn't know about them, probably until a few weeks ago when I started talking about wanting to do this podcast, despite the fact that... I have been speaking to you about our well-being, both yours and mine. So my question is, when you go through those type of experiences, how are you communicating with other people? Generally speaking, I am actually very open. I'm a venter. So I will sit there and I will vent and then I feel loads better. But I had a situation before where I vented and um, someone said to me, God, you're really bringing me down. And that was very, I was very aware of that. Um, That's never the person's intention. You know, when they're sat there venting to you, it's not for them to make you feel like shit. That's never, it's just that they need somebody to listen to them and kind of be a sounding board. And with everything going on and the causes and things, I became quite introvert. Um, I I suffer from imposter syndrome, um, especially when it comes to my businesses. And somebody had also put in a petition to sue me. I'd never been through the process before. It was really scary. But what was worse was this guy that was threatening to sue me for all that money kept belittling me. 
and using phrases such as you silly little girl, you need to provide this and you need to provide that. And the key thing that I've learned in running a business is you don't ever have to take, if someone tells you to do something, you don't ever have to do it. You're not in a classroom anymore. Grow up. That's the best advice I can give to anybody because you kind of get sucked into that trap again of like being in school and like if the teacher says sit down, you have to sit down. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of rebels out there that was like, oh, I'd stand up. But I just wasn't one of those inclined. I wasn't that way inclined. And it was the words like, you silly little girl that made that imposter syndrome really come out like, yeah, he's right. I can't do this. But the whole process and the back and forth and in emails, he would address me as madam. He would say cease and desist. To be a 28-year-old woman and to be called a silly little girl is just so invalid, isn't it? You could tell that was his point. But at the time, it was like, no, no, like, he, he's going to take me very... I've worked hard for this and I've had sleepless nights and lost relationships and what, pro- probably for the right reasons. But, you know, like, this is, this is what I've dedicated my life to for the past two, nearly two years. How's he going to take it from me? What's really interesting about the topic that you're bringing to the table is that you're successful with these businesses and lots of people view success and having money as having no problems. So, you know, obviously you have problems because you're a normal (laughs) human being and no amount of money and no amount of success diminishes the problems that you're facing. Well, we're not all Amazon. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not Jeff Bezos, you know. I don't know who that is. Uh, he owns Amazon. Oh, okay. I think he's like the richest man in the world. Right, well, obviously I've never heard of him. <laughs> but I think there's this stigma like, oh, if you run your own business, you should just shut up and deal with it because, you know, you're rich. And it's like, pardon? I don't know where that came from. When you've worked your way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very much like still working at it, you know, the company is still very young. And like I said, employing these people also like at Christmas, it's Christmas. There is that stress of being single and alone and the pressure of getting closer to 30 and not having children and not having a family. Um, My mum had lost her mum earlier that year, not due to COVID, due to Alzheimer's. That was awful. We lost our dog, Maisie. Just everything just got very on top of everybody. I think COVID has got a lot to answer for outside of COVID in the virus that it is. And it's so interesting and not great for people of our age or people of any age in this era to see that their life is physically and mentally almost put on hold for a significant amount of time. And... While I don't like living my life on a timeline, like I think to some extent we all kind of have a vision of where we see ourselves in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years. And suddenly we were put into this reality of don't leave your house, wash your hands, don't see anyone, don't hug your mum or dad. And, you know, for that comment that you've just mentioned about approaching 30, you know, I had my 30th birthday in the first lockdown. I am a man and therefore I don't have a biological clock in that sense. But I have thought that for women, kind of, they had it in their plans soon to start a family. It's now, it's now been altered in some way. And we all make judgments about people and how they choose to live through this pandemic. 
OTGC so-and-so, like, arms around each other on social media, oh, that's not right, blah, blah, blah. And while I was one of those people that thought, yeah, but your mental health can be okay for a little while and you can stay inside, I did think that. And I won't, like, I'm not, I haven't got a problem to admit that. But actually, we don't know what positive impact it's having for that person to be in their loved one's garden with their arms around each other and this is after the government have said you can hug people. Obviously, as you know, I'm somebody that's still not hugging and not doing contact you and not really doing a great deal. <laughs> well, exactly. I didn't hug much before. And I definitely don't now. And for me, like, given this kind of wake-up call I've had, and throughout lockdown we had had conversations. Obviously, we did do our... our experiment. Uh, we did a social experiment in lockdown, which is a topic for another day, mm-hmm. or maybe the second series. And I thought that and it goes on to what you were just saying about that element of loneliness, that I thought that there's got to be other people out there like me that do feel as, as do feel as worried about coronavirus and germs as what I do, that simply do want to take it slow. Yes. There's got to be, but it's so hard finding them. And I have been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, it's an anxiety disorder. And you've kind of just got to trust the timing of your life, as they say. With- feeling the pressure of like you know I I never imagined myself to be a business owner ever um I actually always thought I'd just kind of get married have kids and then I don't know kind of be maybe a teacher I'm not sure like I honestly I just didn't see this for me which is thank you um which to be honest I think now I do think that's stupid like to look back at my upbringing and stuff like obviously I was always going to go into business um so I thought I'll try online dating, but it's awful. I can't do the mind games like the whole, yeah, you'll do. It's like the opening message or like on Bumble, like you have to think of a question. And I thought, I don't bloody know you. Like what, what's your spirit animal? And then trying to get a decent and organic connection from something that's so stale, I found so infuriating um as well and then not only that like you said in like scrolling through instagram and people are getting like pregnant obviously well they were not happy for them no no it's not about them (laughs) (laughs) it isn't about them this conversation is right now about you (laughs) right answer um yeah that's very conceited but no it wasn't i can't even remember who it was that got pregnant you know one of my bestest friends she got pregnant in lockdown she had a real struggle with it but I that was the happiest thing for me I was so looking forward to it I thought oh my gosh I can't wait like this is going to be amazing um and obviously it has been because she's beautiful like she's been my background for the majority of the year and I was like she's having a girl and I knew it and when I got told she was I was just buzzing and we were all crying and everything and then the adrenaline wears off and you realize you're 28 with nothing and you're still at home with your parents and yeah the walls just kind of come creeping in and you've got the stresses and everyone thinks oh yeah but she's she runs her own company so she's fine and she's minted and this that and the other and well exactly so that comment just contradicts the last one where you said i have nothing yeah and that's the thing like sometimes your thoughts are just thoughts and they aren't real like you telling yourself i have nothing and then yeah. in the next breath saying, I've got a business. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to bat off those unhelpful thoughts, don't we? 
someone once said to me, yeah, but when your personal life is going shit, your business is going fantastic. And I just want to tell that person to fuck off because that's just not how it works. <laughs> I've had times where my business has been going amazing. Like at the moment, touch wood, <laughs> I'm not being sued. <laughs> like at the moment, touch wood, I'm touching, I hope it's wood. I, uh, I don't know, I bought I'll it off of Little Woods. <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug, plug. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've met somebody and I'm very, not to say that my mental health has been turned around because I've met someone and yeah. they've, no, they have come in and they have swooped me off my feet and it's amazing. Um, which I'm sure in season two I'll be like, yeah, I'm alone again. <laughs> them away. No, positive thinking. <laughs> positive vibes. Um, and everything seems to be going like hunky-dory. But there was a point in March, again this year, where everything was going rubbish again. Or in December, where everything was going rubbish. Like, that's just not true, that when one side's going great, the other side's going rubbish. Definitely not in a global pandemic. Yeah. And I think as well, like, in December, I started to put the pressures on myself of next week will be better. And that's the false security that you fall into. Like, it's going to change next week. Or on Monday, you go into the office and you go, right, like I'd say to my executive assistant, right, this week's going to be great. Positive thinking, positive vibes. And then you just have complaint after complaint after complaint. And it's not because anybody's done a good, like, a good or a bad job. It's just that everybody's in that same, like you said, COVID boat, where it's like, real. where's my money? I need it from HMRC. I need it back. I get that, Mr. X. However, HMRC are now taking 12 weeks to process claims, not eight before. Um, And I get it. They do need that money. And I, you know, do chase HMRC, but there is kind of that level of once it's out of my hands, it's out of my hands. Is the media right when they say that we are experiencing a mental health crisis? Yes. In my personal opinion, yeah. I would also say... Let's let's look at the positives. Have people also come out of this with now a healthier friendship group, closer connections, and also like work through those problems and maybe stronger than ever. Also, yes, you know, I think in certain sense, I think in certain circumstances, yes, it has rocked us and maybe we all need an extra helping hand. In other ways, like I look at my friendship with you, I'm very thankful that you know we're at the place that we are now completely one of my rocks oh thanks (laughs) like when we met up a few weeks ago and you picked me up to take me at a mcdonald's drive-thru while i was still staying at my mum's and i said to you like you know it was probably the first time i allowed myself to have a catch-up with a friend where i didn't really say hi how are you how's your day been apart from just it was like hi are you all right and then we went into speaking about me for probably two hours and i needed it so much and I felt guilt afterwards obviously because it was you know radio Stephen FM but it was so needed and I started off by saying like I don't I think I was basically saying like I don't want to have to have this conversation I don't want to speak about this I don't want to you know start my notifications on WhatsApp again and respond to people and let them know what's been going on with me because while I'm having medical assessments I actually do think this is anxiety related and I think I know why but I'm struggling to explain that because I'm feeling like everyone's got their shit going on and you should just get on with it. And I said to you with tears in my eyes, like, I know that's wrong. I know it's wrong. But I also had added in there before I started, like, I feel like you're almost my well-being officer. And you laughed out loud and said, 
<laughs> I can't remember. What you said that it's so funny that I say that because you were speaking to somebody the other day saying, I think I lean on Stephen a bit too much for well-being. Yes. Yeah. And I said, no, not at all. But isn't that interesting? Like our experience of come finding each other in the safe space that is this friendship is still that little seed of doubt and that seed of guilt that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling them too much. I know. I, we, it was funny because when we were chatting at the time and you went, I'm so worried and I don't want to feel guilt afterwards. I said to you, I was like, it's so funny that you say that because I actually love it makes me feel very loved that someone can come to me and talk to me about their problems. There is nothing worse than me thinking that there's someone in my inner like circle or inner sanctum and they feel like they can't come to me. I so enjoyed the fact that I could just be there for you and it gave me like so much validation and like, oh, actually I am a good person because Stephen wants to come and talk to me and also like the validation and the fact that you valued my opinion that much on your mental health, something that's so private and so personal. I went away from that like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And also like, I need to text him, check if okay. (laughs) And also, fucking hell, I thought I was feeling shit but at least I'm not feeling like that. (laughs) No, but... I think that's the thing we forget as well. Sometimes it's sometimes it's nice to be the listener and it's nice to actually hear somebody else is going through something and it's not just you. It's nice to know that there are other people out there and it's a reason to listen. But you did something in your time when, um, like a couple of weeks ago, that I thought was amazing at setting boundaries. In It was a way of... I sent you something. You said to me, I'm not doing great. And then I said, I'll be back in touch when I'm feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the key key comment that I needed to say to people. Like, I know you care and I know you'll want to get back in touch. And obviously that was appreciated, but I'll be back in touch when I'm feeling better. But that's the way to set boundaries, I think. And this is just my opinion, but there's a way to do it to keep and also you're keeping your friends happy and it's not offensive it's not like look i can't be bothered to talk to you right now i've got my own shit going on which to be really honest with you that is what that's probably what i wanted to say like and i hate to say that out loud but it probably was but you were still being i actually couldn't cope with it but it's also i think it's as, as well it showed the respect and the consideration you have for your friends in the way that you phrased it and it was a nice way to set a boundary without also being confrontational definitely Going back to what we were saying about when you and I met up and I wasn't doing too well and and what it meant to you, me letting you listen to me, that was kindness that you showed me. And isn't it interesting that we struggle so much to give ourselves the kindness that we give to other people? That one comment for you confiding in a friend and them saying, oh, you're really draining me, has that stuck with you? Yes and no. No, in the fact of I still vent. Yes, in the fact of I'm aware. So there will be occasions where I'll say to someone, look, if you don't want to hear it, please just tell me. And I mean it sincerely, like, because I'll go find someone else <laughs> that doesn't want to hear it. I often find, and you'll you'll know this, and as soon as I say it straight away, I'm sure you'll be like, yeah, uh-huh. I often say, I'll shut up in a minute. Yeah. Or I'm sorry for banging on. Every time anyone sees me, I probably say that. Because like you, um, in my younger years, I would have said I was a ranter. I'm probably not so much, believe it or not. 
I think that's my way of seeking reassurance, subtly, or should I say not so subtly. Because when I say, I'll shut up in a minute, I think I'm actually waiting for them to say, oh no, it's fine. Yeah. Or, oh no, I'm not in a rush. Or, oh no, I don't mind. Like, I'm looking for that reassurance. And then when I say, oh, I'll stop banging on, I think I'm looking. I'm saying I think. I know that I'm waiting for them to say, oh, you're not banging on. Oh, no, don't worry. And I don't know where that comes from with me. You know, I don't know. Was I told to shut up more as a child? Was I told that I was a whinger or a whittler? I said in therapy recently, I'm high maintenance. And my therapist pulled a face and went, what? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I'm high maintenance. And she went, no, you're not. And I went... As if to say, like, right, okay, then, yeah, I'll believe you. <laughs> because I genuinely believe I'm high maintenance. And I went, yeah, high maintenance is always something wrong with it. And she went, none of those things apply. That in itself is such negative self-talk. And then I went home to my mum and I, I mentioned it to her. And I said, I think I actually think I'm high maintenance because I feel like people make me feel yeah. high maintenance. All like, you oh, you're overreacting like, yeah. or, oh, you're... You're overreacting, you're a drama queen. Is that how it really happened? That is the worst phrase you can ever be told. And it's like, what, do you think I fabricated this in my brain? Like, don't dismiss me. It's awful. Yeah. Um, And I think that's where it probably comes from. So at the start of this episode, we spoke about the difference between mental health and mental illness. And it said that the main difference was that mental health fluctuates and can be exacerbated by life experience. And that is definitely your experience here, isn't it? With migraines in particular. Yes. Yeah. No, 100%. So what are your top tips for those that suffer with migraines or have stress regularly or feel some of the physical symptoms that you mentioned at the start of the episode? My first thing was I would get up and do Pilates every morning. I would force myself out of bed. I'm not an early riser, and it wasn't particularly early, to be fair. Um, And I would do Pilates with my mum just for 20 minutes every single morning, Monday to Friday. And that really all of a sudden helped me out. Also, I started to look at kind of like yoga um, videos as well in the morning for releasing the tension out of your back. Um, there's this migraine doctor I follow on TikTok and he spoke about how um, the spine getting congested is one of the key causes of migraines. So when you're stressed, your your body and your muscles, well, your, your body tenses um, just naturally, whether you realize it or not. And it was my dad that said to me, why are your shoulders covering your ears? And I was like, what are you on about? And I didn't realize that I was that tense that my shoulders were physically, were not rested like they were not in a relaxed position whatsoever um so i looked at this migraine doctor on tiktok and he also showed a couple of stretches to do with the door frame so you stand with your back to the door frame put your left arm behind your back hold it right arm above your head and hold it there and then just turn your head to each side um which was great and that was just a nice stretch Um, I also met with this lady who did the most amazing massage ever. And I know that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, for God's sake. No, but it's actually scientifically proven to boost endorphins. Well, it's not just that. This was a very particular massage. And you go into the room and it's pitch black. Um, Bearing in mind, at this point, I had tried everything. I think I'd had, like, I'd had the, like, kind of 18 migraines and, you know, that was in the block and it was kind of like, right, I've got to sort this out myself. Like, neurologists can't really help me, blah, blah, blah. And I found this um, 
this hotel in London that did this particular massage. And basically, you are supposed to relax from the moment you're in the room. It's really dark. You can barely see anything, which I found fucking stressful. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> these paper pants, like, rustling. <laughs> but like, where that, is she? But <laughs> With COVID. I think that just goes to show that different things work for different people, doesn't it? Uh, well, this did work in the end. I've got to Oh, Okay. But um, this lady came out, she was like, my name's Theo, and she spoke like this, and very smooth, and instantly she was like, right, pick a smell, and I had to pick a smell, and then that's what the room smelled like, it was amazing. But she spoke to me about this um, thing called Reiki, or Reiki, and all this scientific, like this Chinese thing as well, where your entire body is a tube, like the London tube, and there are different stops on the way down, and if one of the stops are blocked, you are more likely to have like issues like indigestion if it's indigestion or migraines if it's at the head and this and that anyway I started to chat to her and she was like have you been stressed recently and I was like wow and she went you need to stop talking (laughs) I was like okay she went just lie down and she said to me I'm going to take care of you and it was the way that she said it was so conviction I just believed her and I think within the first two seconds, I was relaxed. And at the end of the massage, she came out and she spoke to me more. Um, And she did, it was a lot of like kind of flowy movements, like, you know, kind of brushing the skin from like the top and then obviously the massagey bits and bobs and like the head bit was amazing. Um, Very much like an Indian head massage. But she came out afterwards and she's very, very spiritual as well. So she wanted to know my star sign and and like... um, like what crystals and stuff I gravitated towards and I was like look I'm not really about crystals and she went you wear rose quartz around your neck and I went oh I didn't realize that that's what it was and she went yeah you've got it turned the wrong way and I was like okay and to be fair ever since I have you know touch wood it's not been too shabby um but she spoke to me and she asked me if I was on the pill and I said yeah and she went I sense you're very blocked in there she went are you having sex and I went no (laughs) (laughs) very much not and she went well look I'm all for someone being on the pill if they're not having sex Uh, sorry I'm all for someone being on the pill if they're having sex but if they're not I think you should come off it and I think you could feel a world a world of good and I was like all right okay um and I did consider it but also I had not had a menstrual cycle in like five years so I thought fuck that (laughs) I'm having one now and then now I've met somebody so it's all good but um, yeah, it was a funny, it was an ulterior opinion for one that I hadn't had. And it was also one that I'd considered because hormones can also trigger migraines. So that's something that I would say for other people to explore. Um, I didn't go down the route that she suggested because um, things started to work out. But when we were chatting, she said to me, you are about the elements. And she went, you're an empath. And I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And she went, you absorb people's energies. So this is what she said. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm 70% there in believing it, but I'm not the full hog. Um, And she said to me, like, when I was relaxed, you relaxed. And I was like, all right, okay, fine. And it was funny that when we had a naked butler at our events venue, he went, you're making me more nervous. And I was like, I'm so sorry, because I was kind of copying his energy. And that's where I remembered what Tio had said. And it was like, oh, yeah, I kind of absorb people's energies and bounce it back. But yeah, anyway, she said to me, 
to just dedicate 10 minutes of my day with a glass of water and to go outside and get some fresh air. Because she was like, if the sun's shining, you'll have the sun, the earth and water. And I did that. And with that and the Pilates and having just that tiny routine, because at this point we were coming out of lockdown, so things were kind of coming back to normal. And this has been gradual from like January. I realized, yeah, this is actually really, really working for me. And not only that, but I used to meditate all the time when I lived um, alone in Italy and like do affirmations as well. And it really, really helped me. I've, I did actually have like, I had a migraine about three weeks ago, but once again, it was kind of, everything was getting a little bit on top of me, but it was one migraine, got back into my routine and I haven't, you know, touched wood, haven't had one. I think it's just a little bit of a warning sign, isn't it? You're not looking after yourself. What are you not doing? Let's start doing it again. What's one positive statement that you would say to anybody that's listening that is struggling with any sort of mental health at the moment? I would say in the words of Nana Betty, what is meant for you will not pass you by. And I 100% believe in that, like in my soul, I think. Um, So it's to not have that pressure. It's not like, oh yeah, it'll be better next week. Or, oh yeah, next year I'm going to have a family and I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. Um, Which is very odd that I say that and probably ironic because I also every year do vision boards of what I think, but I don't put the weight on them. So I do them as in, oh, this is what I'd like to happen this year. And if it does, fantastic. And if it doesn't, okay, because I'm quite a visual person as well. So having that on my wall every day motivates me. Talk to me a bit more about affirmations. So I understand that you recite them every day and you've done that for a good six months plus. Um, So my affirmations vary. Uh, I very much took like, did a lot of YouTube videos and kind of saw which ones worked for me and which ones didn't. But then I found this thing that was 13 reminders that so helped me. And definitely at the start of the year, I would read them every single morning to remind myself. These are the 13 reminders. And they're just, they're just fabulous because there's no weight as well. Um, So the first one is, the past is in the past. Focus on the future. Opinions do not define reality. Everyone's journey is different. Time is the essence of healing. Judgment is a confession of character. Overthinking will lead to paralysis and sadness. Happiness is an inside job found within. Positive thoughts create positive actions. Smiles are contagious. Sprinkle kindness, it's free. You only fail if you do not try. What goes around comes around. The quicker you choose to move forward, the quicker the suffering ends. They are really insightful, aren't they? And I think the main one, they're all of equal weight to me. But the one that is happiness is an inside job is so key for this conversation because it literally starts with within. Well, I think as well, we've always spoke about overthinking and we're horrific for it. But I think I have overactive brain syndrome. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not a thing, but it's a thing. <laughs> well, with this, like the overthinking will lead. Like when I read, I think the reason why these resonated so much with me was overthinking will lead to paralysis. I was like, "Fuck me, that's me. Yeah. I'm dying." I don't even here. know what paralysis is, but I'm that's me. Knocked out. Because <laughs> well, my mar- my migraines, marriage. <laughs> oh. Um, my migraines do paralyze me. I can't move. And I don't mean that in a sense of being derogatory to anybody that suffers with paralysis. Um, but I can smell and hear everything. So 
in my that's the experience that I have yeah. with that paralysis. And that's not any less valid just because somebody else says that they experience it differently. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. <laughs> it has been really good fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been nice. I've loved it, honestly. Thank I you very much. Great. Is it everything you expected or not? Oh my gosh, well, I didn't really know what to expect to be honest. Um, but I've had a really great time, so let's get chibi. <laughs> We've earned it. <laughs> <laughs>